Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. Hey, Please Advise Nation, it's Maz. It's episode 179 of Please Advise. Welcome to the show. We have a guest on today that we all met, I guess, together, right, Christina? Yes. We met at the HMS Bounty years ago. You came over once to my house for um, like a little rooftop thing, but you guys have become friends on your own. Sort of. Like we, we have, we have mutuals. Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. a mutual. Definitely. And so like... Years after we had that first meeting, I went to a, a drag race screening at uh, a gay bar downtown and like all my little public radio friends were there. And then one of them came with Marcos yeah. and I was just like, what, what kind of small world is this? <laughs> like we actually already know each other. Like it was just kind yeah. of like a nice little moment. There's a like, good chance if you go to a gay bar in Los Angeles, you will probably find me there. So, okay. So yeah. Marcos <laughs> Luevanos, is that how you say your last name? Yes, exactly. Is that the whitest way anyone's <laughs> ever said your name? No, it's No, perfect. I'm sure you had substitute oh. teachers who really <laughs> hacked that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you write Great for job, Charmed Mom. now, the new, thank you. You write for Charmed now, the new Charmed. Yes. Yeah. The, the reboot. And Christina's the, the a big show. fan. I, I love it. Uh, it's cause mostly because the sisters are Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like down for my Boricua sisters. I didn't realize that they had like changed that up. And I think that's so great. Yeah. I might actually like, I was never, I didn't, I didn't connect with the first one so much. I did, I think I watched the first season and a half or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But it was iconic, iconic actresses. It was very, I think I'm not, a, I think I don't like magic. That's mm. me. Okay. I okay. didn't, because practical magic, a lot of people consider that a staple. Yes. And I, that was, I think, one of the only movies I've ever left the theater. I wow. didn't connect. Wow. Yeah, that and What Dreams May Come, the Robin Williams movie. I, that movie I had a hard time with, too. Because when... I thought I was there to see a nice little Robin Williams movie because <laughs> no, he was stark. having a sweet run during that time. Yeah. There was Patch Adams, yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Those you, movies have dark elements to them, too. Sure, yeah. but when um, his wife's face became clay <laughs> and in the floor, which was, I did not, I didn't know there was going to be a fantastical element to it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, you know, this is suburban Massachusetts. I went and sat my ass outside in the cold while my friends finished the movie. That and I movie was like, does have like elements of magical realism to it that I, was I don't like, need I don't that think in my life. <laughs> American audiences were prepared for. But I like the idea of this show. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned practical magic because mm-hmm. I was reading an article about that recently, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently they had a witch consultant. Okay. Uh, from the movie, and it, things did not go well. Apparently, midway through the movie, oh. and the witch apparently cursed <gasps> the movie. Ooh. Like. Yeah, yeah that, I felt that movie that. actually so, has like a really storied 
troubled production. So, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, like that is not the like they 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 found that movie in editing. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so that you, might have been what you were picking up on right. early storyteller malls. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, that's why I guess you don't bring in a witch expert, but. Yeah. If you do, you don't fuck with them. Well, because I was just going to say it would become very easy to offend, I think, a real witch. Yeah. I think it would become very easy to offend it's like, one. Okay, so where do we put the broom that you write in on? <laughs> yeah, it's well, like, yeah. Well, part of the reason that I got hired on Charmed was because mm-hmm. I practice a little bit of Oh, you a bruja? I do, I'm a, I'm brux actually. Technically, <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say you so, don't. Yeah. You've never. You wouldn't do a sacrifice. No, no. Okay. Never, okay. Here's, I like. I I definitely like have limits to what I do. I don't do. You know, sacrifices. I don't do cursing. Because yeah. Azalea type. Banks is up there in right. the closet. Okay. Right. I don't do like any type of cursing. I don't do any type of like you know you. anything that's like yeah <laughs> no anything that's like dark or anything. You know, okay. it's all like you know. I'm not. I the way I describe it is like I'm not any more of a witch than anyone else in LA. Where it's like crystals and like sage. And, right, you know, and 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 intentions, and you know, little incantations and things like that, moon ceremonies, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, um, I practice. How did all that you learn too. about it? I just learned about it um, uh, about 10 years ago when I was uh, working for Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. He did a witch pilot for the CW called The Secret Circle. Okay. And um, that was supposed to be not an exact spinoff of Vampire Diaries, but it was supposed to be like a companion show mm-hmm. about a group of you know teen witches. And so when I was working on that show, I had to do a lot of witch research. Mm-hmm. And in doing it, I got really interested in it just because it's about nature and about intention and energy and like focus and where you put your time and all of that it also has like different connotations in spanish culture too sure yeah. it's just, just it's just different it's right. like a part uh, alongside of spirituality right like my family like growing up like we all went to curanderas which yeah. are like these you know uh, latin healers and you know in the community and you know for any time that you're, sounds way more cleans- up my get, alley like, than cleansing? a doctor right. i hate the doctor yeah, you i get, would like, love to go to cleansing yes and, like, i would you, like, like to do that the bag of you know yeah you, know, you like <laughs> boil your socks in you know tomato juice and you know all this other shit and then yeah. you wear the socks to bed and I would rather do that I would either go to exactly it's all that, that or stuff. go to like a super church where like one of the pastors brings me back to life on stage <laughs> I would do that too but this sounds yeah. a little bit more um like you know, once you're putting tomato socks on, that right. sounds like there's some science behind it, right? You know exactly. what I mean? The lycopene and such. Yeah, know, it sounds much better than a Kenoki magic foot pad, which I really wish worked. <laughs> like I wish more than anything that those really what? worked. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Oh, they're like a scam. Like they're <laughs> it's um, like supposedly you leave it on your foot I'll give, and drains like I the actually, toxins I'll from give your you body. Some. I got I some extra. I got some like. <laughs> What I was like, oh, these are on market, like, <laughs> like Japanese ones when I went to Japan. So I still haven't tried them, but they are a scam. <laughs> and what they do basically is like you, they used to run infomercials for them, which is how I first found out about them. And I was like, oh, my back hurts all the time. I'll go get these Kenoki magic foot pads. And of course, the first thing you Google when it comes up literally is like those Kenoki magic foot pads scam, like before <laughs> even the company comes up. <laughs> and so basically what you do is you put them on your feet at night and then you put like socks on or you don't. I put socks on because I'm like, I got to keep them on there. Right. That, I, I move around a lot. Yeah. So um, then you sleep and then in the morning you take them off and like they're they're black. They go from white to black. Oh. So you're like, but it's actually something like the sweat on your feet 
activate some sort of it's vinegar like or something. It's because it hits oxygen. It's going to oxygenize the, the chemicals that don't make it appear that it's like removing toxins. Oh, right. It. But it, I would love to think air. it works. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some. Yeah, but okay. tomato socks sound better than yeah. that. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um. So this it's is great. That I'm like kind of interested in getting back into just because it has so much cultural heritage for yeah. like me. And I'm I've been in a kick lately where I've been like trying to like I'm settling who I am as a person now yeah. and I realize how much larger part of that my cultural heritage is and right. I'm like I didn't I haven't done I know a lot about my history but I need to actually do the work and yeah. like what does it mean to be Puerto Rican totally I've and, I've, 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 a, I've been going through a similar thing over the past few years where like um I've been wanting to know how to like cook the things that my grandmother made yes yes and so yeah. I'll talk to her but I didn't realize like when in asking her about recipes it's like a lot of it is from a can. And I'm like, wait, what What yeah. the hell? And she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't never had time. That's family so, cooking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, so I've been learning how to make everything from scratch based on like the things that she made from a can. And it's really interesting, like sh- making that for her and yeah. sharing it for her yeah. to, with her where it's like, oh, she's like amazed that I'm able to do this. But yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a weird sort of like circular. My thing. grandmother did the same thing where she was my family always actually joked about it because it was like Nana was never going to serve us something <laughs> just straight out of a can. So like to the point where it was like, there's nothing wrong with like the Campbell's chicken noodle soup recipe. Like they don't need your magic touch. Yeah. Um, but she would always do shit. Like if she gave you SpaghettiOs, she was going to chop up hot dogs, like put them <laughs> right in there. And it was like how to make, like, I think that that's like, there was an era where it's just like, it's not okay to just simply do a can, but we don't have time for more than that. My grandmother had six kids. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like, a, who's that food network chef that was like, it's married to like Andrew Cuomo or Sandra like, Lee, Sandra right? Lee, yeah, where it's like semi homemade. <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And People like, shit on her for that. And also Rachel her Ray. Her story is actually kind of amazing. Like, the whole reason why she has, like, this arsenal of semi-homemade stuff is because when she was really young, I guess her parents, she had, like, a bad parent situation. And she, she was had, neglected. She had, she had to raise her, her siblings. Yeah. And, like, the way she did it was doing these semi-homemade meals. And then she managed to turn that life story into, So what like, is she empire. doing? Is she, like, dumping SpaghettiOs on penne? <laughs> Something like, like that. Like that, Where yeah. Where it's, like, it's, like, some, half of it, you're... You're already halfway there with the ingredients that you buy and she just like takes you the rest of the way. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think that that's how I think also like a lot of Americans eat really shitty because they approach home cooking like it's got to be gourmet or that it's got to, you know, everything has to be from scratch. And it's like you can still buy things that are kind of a little bit processed or at least like it low impact and it still tastes good and it's good for you. And we've also been, I think guilted a lot into veering away from foods that are absolutely okay. And traditional, like I saw myself the other day, like I was about to pay like $8 more for chicken breasts because I was like free range organic. Like, (laughs) and that is what you should eat. But like, if I'm making like a chicken parm or something, no, (laughs) it can be fucking whatever. Like as long as it's like, I do obviously do somewhere in between but like I feel like my brain has been warped to think that everything needs to be very high quality only the highest quality for this temple that I also smoke cigarettes like all the time (laughs) so but it is it's very very expensive to like cook a meal from scratch like I made a cake a few weeks ago and like the ingredients for like it was like a $60 cake because I had to go out and buy all the flour all the other shit so it can be very expensive, I think, to do home cooking. And I f- think that that's like great that there's a show like that because yeah. I don't watch those shows because I find them to be frustrating <laughs> and um, unrelatable. Like I because I can't eat it. So it's like I'm never satisfied. 
And that's the type of show where I'd be like, yeah, okay, I could throw a couple cans together in my kitchen. Yeah. And also that... And make a casserole. Like, yeah. Things like that, yeah. I, like, order Postmates sometimes because I don't want to like I'm like well if I chop up these green beans I won't have a proper meat to go with them and like realistically when I lived in like Koreatown I ate English muffins every day three times a day and I would change up what I put on that English muffin and I would like slice the tomato and put blue cheese on it for lunch or like peanut butter in the morning and I made like 50 different English muffins because that's all I could eat and so I just I forget that I forget because I guess I'm a grown-up and I like to cook for myself now but not every meal you have to go all out it sounds like you need to write an English muffin cookbook (laughs) there we go there's your empire that's That's the Sony Morian toaster oven (laughs) cookbook that exactly. I can pick up where Sonia left off. Do you watch those shows? Of course I do. Are do you, you Vanderpump? Me? I of course I Vanderpump. I was actually going to comment that your your fridge is very Yolanda Foster. Season oh my one. god, it's so funny because it's actually just like a commercial fridge. But I like whenever people say that, I'm like, I yes, I'm very fancy. How heartbreaking was it though when she and David sold that house and <sighs> they found out that the eggplants at the top were fake? It's it was heartbreaking. Yeah, because I was, was like, because for a while I'm like, who needs six yeah. eggplants? Only the very wealthy like only Malibu I like to think that she had like a very lovely like goodbye ceremony with all of her lemon trees Mm -hmm. you know saying goodbye to all of the bountiful lemons I would like I would I would hundreds of bushels would be leaving that that day because she had nine lemon trees do you have any idea what nine (laughs) lemon trees is the produces wild my friend Todd that I wrote a pilot with a few years ago he had an orange tree. Dude, we were eating like 12 oranges a day. I was sick constantly because <laughs> I was eating so much vitamin C. It was amazing. Um, and he had made gallons and gallons of fresh OJ. My citrus in front hasn't grown at all. <laughs> have you noticed that those two trees have not grown no, one No, I haven't inch? noticed. <laughs> yeah, they've been there. I mean, I know it takes a very long time, but yeah. this is like, it's been too long. Yeah. Um, it's been... Two years. Um, we gotta so fertilize that. We, we gotta, gotta fertilize it. Because yeah. I, I, if we could get the feeling, do you like apple picking? Uh, I've I've not done it. I've never done That's it. That's fucked up. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from here. I'm from LA. I'm from the San Gabriel Valley. Do you ever buy magazines like that? <laughs> oh, of course, all the time. Like there, it's only like an airport thing that when I usually do it. Or but, sometimes yeah. if I like, I went to um, Target for the first time in three years. So I don't know if I spent $300 or saved 28000 but I will no. tell you that I Target is a great store. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. See, I just want the audience to know. If you guys out there in America don't know about Target, <laughs> let me let you in on my little a secret. A little store called yeah. Target? I have this place I go from time to time, <laughs> Target. No, I, and actually, guess what else this big girl is about to do? I have a shirt to return. Oh. I'm about to go fucking return something at the store. Okay. okay. Now, for those of you who don't know me, that's a big deal. Because normally, I just put it in my closet, and then I die under it. <laughs> yep, I do the same thing. I yeah. hate, I've returned, returned? I've returned, I've returned, like, maybe one thing at two Oh, I don't try on, and I don't return. It's double jeopardy. Like, <laughs> I, I like, on. fucking, no, it's just, it's dead. The second that that, no. Even, like, online orders, you don't return? Double jeopardy is not right. Double damage would be right. Double Jeopardy would be like if I com- murdered the shirt <laughs> and then I they tried to retry me for yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't remember. It's, yeah, it's hard to move past that. Um, okay, so we were talking oh, about... Oh, I said online orders. You don't do returns for either? 
No, and that's how I'm getting rich now, is okay. for all the people in America that do do returns. That's how I'm stocking my store. Um, God bless America, by the way. I'm America's store. I really am, because I have so much stuff that no one in L.A. would ever normally have, and it's so great. What, yes. is, what is it going to be called? or what do you, do you, So do you know? people call it Malshals, but that's like a, that's a mouthful. So my email is just shopslendermommy at gmail.com because I saw Slenderman, one thing about Slenderman once, and I've just never let go of it. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's really good. I've had like, we oh, this got cut out of our last episode, so I can say it again. Yeah. So I've had like probably 12 appointments so far. I'll just be transparent. I think I've pulled like 600 bucks. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. My mom told me that you have to do, but that's not, that's not counting the crossroads money from mm. like get dropping stuff off at crossroads, which I have to go get my shit today. Don't let me forget that. Okay. After this, I have to go get my check and my shit. And if you want to sell at crossroads in LA, the sunset location yes. in Silver Lake, yeah. they take for, 48 hours now to go through your stuff. Oh, they, really? Yeah, and okay. that's the one to sell at because they have a lot of volume. Move that product. <laughs> yeah, but I have some. I have some big boys. I have like four XLs, you know. So, and that's not gonna move. But if it's Levi's, it's for the men that don't miss no meals. No, no meals. Someone said that about Wags. Someone's told me that Wags doesn't miss any meals. How, how dare they? And you know, Wags d- ha- does have a big booty. He, he looks adorable. He always has, but he's very. I think he's athletic. Yeah. I've always thought of him as. Like um, winning a, up into a little ball that right NBA now. slam dunk competition <laughs> that I'd do anything to go to, by the way. If anyone's dad runs that and you listen to this, please let me go to the slam dunk contest. Um, it's but not what it used to be. I don't care. Like, okay. I mean, I'm never going to. Yeah, no, we're never going to see a rim get smashed. No. Do you remember mean, that, that when someone would break the yeah, glass? It'd be crazy. No, it's more <laughs> like the a lot of the bigger players don't do it. Yeah. They're like worried about getting injured for doing that. Like by doing that dumb like. But that's what I like. I like the spry ones. I like the ones that have something to prove. That's who's really going to fuck some shit up. They're dunking. They're jumping over a power wheels. They're friending a power wheels Mm -hmm. truck. Yeah. I like that sort of thing. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I mean, we know. We know that the big. We know LeBron could win that. Yes. Sure. Um, Okay. So anyway, moving on. Um. What do you think about Vanderpump this season? I'm art. I've only uh, there's only been one episode, I think, right? But I'm it's two. Oh, it's been two. Okay, yeah. I don't think I've seen the second one yet. Oh no, I did. I did. Um, I I'm lo- I mean I'm I'm loving. I love. That I group. hate the sitcom bit. The, I, the, I I was I was gonna say the editors seem to be taking a lot of liberties this season. Yeah, with all of that. I I was not into that. But when I heard a little bit of rumbling about them potentially breaking the third wall, I was hope or fourth wall. Mm. I really thought it was going to be like the way they did it on Teen Mom. Where oh. they see them, like where we see the producers sort of gathering them for the day, mm-hmm. and like them downloading the producers on the real tea, yeah, and like them figuring out how to play out the day in the storyline. Um, but no, they're just doing these like hacky bits where, like this week, they were like, "We're pulling up to Pride today, like it's an '80s sitcom," and like they're like, you know, so and so and so and so are the buddies, and like this part, and they were introducing everyone like almost like the. Um, too many cooks, like sort of felt like a very like, okay, very corny. Um, and last season they did a thing where Jax and James went to an absinthe bar. Oh yeah. And they were doing all these like special effects to like, so the audience would like experience the hallucinations. So the audience was stripping too? But it just was so, um, 
it's just so it's a bit and I don't like no, it. It's too manufactured. I like it to feel natural, even though it's obviously fake. I like to see these people fall up. The one thing I did like, I did like when uh, Jax and Brittany were coming into the apartment and, mm-hmm. and they did a freeze moment and Stassi explained everything she had to do to get the party together. Yes. I did like that. I did like that moment, but everything else, I completely agree with you. Yeah, so. I, I, I didn't mind that because we are getting to a point where like we know, right. we know, we know. And <laughs> I will. I loved Kristen just for like bulldozing past Stassi when Stassi's trying to tell like over and over again she's like it's happening Kristen's like I know I think it is and she's like no Kristen it's literally happening she's like that's what I'm saying because of all the Instagram stuff and she's like no literally he told me it took her minutes and I and I've never seen that's when I was like oh she's on a good like the Adderall might be back this season because she wasn't Kristen was not in the house she was somewhere else um I loved it but yeah I think that I think that we're in for a good season I Clashist is actually back I don't know if you remember Clashist like they used to make a bunch of pop culture t-shirts but they sent me some Vanderpump shirts and I'm kind of fat right now so I don't fit into um I don't fit into two of them so if you want to see one might be a woman's well, but who cares I, i'm fine with that and um i don't know but if you want it it's yours we'll if take a look okay we'll okay look maybe after. you could put the tiny one on your dog we'll see maybe or an inappropriate <laughs> child you shouldn't wear put your kid in a vanderpump shirt um i, I do love that um i've, I've heard a rumor mm-hmm. that this is lisa's last season on oh thank god on beverly hills yeah. which is great because i feel like if, the more she's in the vanderpump rules sir group the more because she is like a fun little shit stirrer as well, which I enjoy. Yeah, she's like and, you know, it is a little like Lisa can be a little bit silly on Vanderpump, too, because she it's like she acts like she's in charge of these people's lives as opposed to them, their job at the restaurant. Right. Like, it's not her job to, like, inspect Stassi's new boyfriend and, like, flip him over. Like, it's not his it's not her job to do that. No. But she really involves herself. And personally, like. I have just been so done with Lisa on Real Housewives for years. Yeah. I really felt that Brandy, the way that she took <laughs> down Brandy, was really just play by play, just very classic manipulator, narcissistic attention. Like just it the way that she has put things onto other people for years and then used it against them really makes my blood boil. Yeah. Like that to me is the the worst quality of a person is someone who flips like that. Yeah. She also, she also seems just very bored in those group scenes and I need, you know, I need more energy. I need yeah. More and like, you know, she I just felt like that whole like I really like any any like fun or joy I had left in watching her was gone with the whole Erica Jane Pantygate. I thought that was so inappropriate totally. and just humiliating humiliating and I really like appreciated Erica saying like you owe my husband an apology too like you have all of America talking about my crotch like fuck that's embarrassing you guys we're gonna be better than that today (laughs) we're gonna be better than these people do you have three reasons why you're qualified to give advice by any chance I did not prepare him for that fine I like I love to I love to pounce it on someone just throw it out there um I have had um uh I used to be um a a volunteer at a Trevor project so Mm -hmm. I'm trained in uh in a lot of uh phone counseling so I would say that you know that's one Mm -hmm. um I would say that uh you know um 34-year-old uh, Mexican man with a 30-inch waist, and uh, that's really fucking hard to do. So I would say that, you know... Proud of you. Uh, do you pr- work out a lot? Well, I try to. I try mm-hmm. to, because it's like I'm just battling my, <laughs> you know, genetic betrayal at, Tell me uh, about it. at every cost. So uh, I would say, you know, that and... Uh, 
Let's see. Um, Especially I, since her food is so starchy. It's very, very <laughs> starchy, very carby. It's, yes, you know. And, I was just thinking, like, I didn't really grow up eating vegetables because, like, the only vegetables that are really, like, inherent to Puerto Rican cooking are, like, root vegetables, which are starchy anyway. Yeah. So it's like. Is there a lot of corn? Yeah, some yeah, corn. There can be, yeah. But more like, uh, like yuca is like a big. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but there's. I no. always see those at the market and I would have no idea how to cook it. Yeah. And I would say it's thir- hard. Third reason is just a lot of my friends come to me for advice. So I would say that, uh, that, uh, that is, those are the three reasons. You're patient, kind, and a good listener. I, I, all of those things. Okay, good. I well, that makes you more than qualified. Thank you. I mean, and also <laughs> none of us legally or actually are. So if you're in any sort of trouble, call a real doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> right. who knows? We're all figuring it out too. And actually, you know what? Your doctors are probably figuring it out too, but at least Listen. they have a degree. Oh, they all are. They're all sort of at home, probably, you know, cheating on their wives or something. Doctors are not heroes. <laughs> or they can be, but not yeah. all are. You know, sure. Dr. Miami is no hero. Dr. Death. Yeah. Have anyone heard that podcast? Yeah. What kind about the terrifying? guy with the butt implants who just Ooh. killed that woman? Yeah. You know? There's some doctors that do fucked up shit. Yeah. By the way, if you guys are going to do, like, butt implants, just go really above board with it. I would really... That's <laughs> an investment. Don't try to save money that's, on a surgery. Yeah. Uh, that, that's... Don't do Groupon LASIK. Don't do no. any of that. Don't, go to a real... Yeah. Don't go to Target for that. That's yeah. not, that's one thing you don't go to Target for. We are actually, I would say, the Groupon LASIK version of Advice Podcast. Yes. That's what I, we yes. might be. Okay, let's take our first call. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Brandon. I'm 21, and I live in the New York area. I'm calling because I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Kevin Hart situation and the Oscars, and I wanted to know your thoughts about the entire uh situation regarding the tweets. I sound very formal. <laughs> um, so as I'm calling, it is Friday. So at this point, he's already no longer hosting. And I had to see the Instagram post with the non-apology. And then I saw the apology. And I was debating with someone I was close with this morning um, because they were saying to me, like, oh, when, is, when should he be forgiven? You know, people are, people shouldn't be talking about this from eight years ago because he's changed now and why are we, why are we harping on this? And he's allowed, and what, you know, how long should he, should he be punished? And my thoughts really were, you know, I understand that people, you know, say things, I'm, I'm gay, by the way, I'm gay myself. So I was, I, I'm a gay man debating with someone who is straight. Um, and so I understand Kevin's, I understand this whole thing of, you know, you say something that's completely terrible, but you know, if you actually apologize and, you feel like you're not in that space anymore and you've learned and you're actively trying to make things better and put out a positive uh, statement for the community, uh, for the entire community and on social media. That's one thing. But I feel like with Kevin Hart, I was honestly, I was originally really upset with his first Instagram post where he's like, stop looking for reasons to be negative. Stop searching for reasons to be angry. That's actually what pissed me off more personally, because that is a situation where someone said something really terrible and now is blaming the gay community and just everyone else who has a problem with his tweets for saying that we're searching for something that's so terrible, that we're looking for a problem. And I just think that's, I find that to be even worse. I understand that Kevin Hart feels that he's apologized multiple times, but I feel like to put that note out there before even apologizing by saying, hey, stop looking for negative things when he was the one that posted something so terrible, uh, that that's what really didn't sit well with me. I mean, not that any of it sat well with me, but that I think is what pissed me off the most, to be honest. Um, 
So I'd love to know your thoughts on the entire situation. I'd also love to know who you guys think should be hosting the Oscars, because I don't know. As of now, no one else is hosting it yet. Uh, sorry for stumbling in my call. Uh, please advise, and I love your show, guys. Thank you. Also, that was funny. We all that was that was so perfectly timed because we finally got to the part where you stopped asking the same question four ways. Which, by the way, God bless you. I do love this question. But then we all took a breath, getting ready to answer. And that, I mean, you have you have a talent. Well, yeah, that comedic gonna, timing was perfect. I thought so. That part's not going to be played just because it's his phone number. So oh, but just put the also. Yeah, and okay. then and okay. then okay. okay. So, and also what came after that also was his phone number. So we can't play that, but just so you know. Um, so what do you guys think? Because I don't, I just kind of don't think Kevin Hart's very funny. To be, He's not my style of humor to begin with. And also, I don't care about the Oscars. So they trigger me. <laughs> Why do they trigger you? Because I cry. Because I, I, they make me cry. And also because I think it's stupid. Because I either care or I don't care. That's <laughs> Yeah, especially this year, like the crop of movies that are out are such downers and yeah. so boring. It's like I'm not that interested in it to begin with. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, with regard to the Kevin Hart thing, yeah. like I don't know what, what were you. What well, were no, you I mean, say? it's interesting because yeah. they introduced that like they were going to introduce that new category that was like popular films right. and that like might make you care about the Oscars again because yeah. like it ha- the last couple decades it has been like all prestige and like when the Oscars like 20 30 years ago it used to you used to have really popular movies be in the best picture category because totally. they put a lot of money into them yeah. right. and they were good yeah. Yeah. and also yeah. there was less movies yeah right. that's true but like I think popular movies, it's just such a condescending term. It really because is. Because it yeah. just says like, like well, You're dummies. Right. Here's the movie. Yeah. Here's the movies it, you dummies love. Exactly. Or also just like, hey, but like, you'll never be them. Yeah. Like, let's be clear to you small documentary filmmaker who tried really no, hard. No, it's like popcorn. It's like right. pop, more popcorn. Do you understand corn. what I'm saying? No, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that a small yeah. documentary filmmaker sitting in the audience is being told that like, her actual artwork is overridden by popular, like popular, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like a, that's a, um, it's just, I don't know. I think it's stupid. I think the whole thing's fucking stupid. I think it's a big waste of money. (laughs) I know that people make money from it. Surely they do the designers and everyone else. But I also feel like it's up there with the late night talk show for me where, and and by the way, this is not to say I don't have anything against anyone. And if you want to hire me to work on your talk show, I'd love that. But, (laughs) Um, in general, and I think we can agree with this for a lot of people, the the problem with a lot of these things is the traditions that don't stop and then also the gimmicky things people try to do like on the red carpet or whatever. And with talk shows, it's always celebrity interviews that I just walk away and I'm like, I don't like this celebrity well, it's anymore. All, it's, it's also like canned because they're like, okay, so what's your anecdote? Right. Like blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, I mean. It's like that thing where the meme of Lady Gaga saying her, oh, you know, 100 yeah. people in her room. You could have 100 people which, and 99 won't believe in you, but you just have one I don't person. Even that one person was Bradley No, and she should not be, and I love every minute of it, and if she does not do it in her Oscar speech, if she wins, I'm going to be really disappointed if yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. I actually funny. don't. See, now that's something I don't need in my life. <laughs> I also don't need that man proposing. I just don't need it in my life. Like, and that's why I don't watch, because I right. personally... I'm not yeah. into it. But back to like the Kevin Hart um, of it all. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I mean. The most frustrating thing for me about that situation was like, all you had to do was like say, I'm sorry. I'm not that person anymore. I've grown. 
but I'm sorry. Yeah. That's literally yeah. all he had to do. And he ended up doing it anyway. Uh, yeah. But it, yeah, he did it. He totally did it wrong. Yeah. All you have to do is say you're sorry, make a donation to, to an LGBTQIA charity. And, you know, quite frankly, like, I, I feel like, you know, it's a little bit on not just a little bit. It's a lot on him and like everyone else who is, you know, famous, like we're living in triggered times. Like all you, and you're rich enough. All you have to do is hire an assistant, have them go through your feed, have them go through everything and just wipe it clean of anything that's remotely offensive. That's all you have to do. And it's also just like, "Mm, okay, the second time getting caught for these tweets. Right. And so his Emma, his thing in his mind is that I've already apologized for this. I'm not going to do it again. Right. Yeah. But I don't even understand like that mindset because it's just like, no, I don't understand either. I'm just asking. Yeah. 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 I'm saying like, yes. Yeah. yeah, He was just basically like, um, you know, that's in the past. I don't want to deal with this. People are being negative. And it's like, no, people are trying to hold you like accountable for your own fucking actions. If he had said, do you think that people would feel differently if he said, I said, I, as I've said in the past, I really, I apologize for this and I'd like to reiterate that, but I'm that, not even that. Yeah. That would be okay. I mean, even that, cause it's just like, I just, just say that you're sorry. You regret, just inform us at all that you regret that you, what you did. Yeah. Right. And not that like I've moved on from it. Well, and especially it's just like, cause what he said was so, um, it's like, well, the it's weird abuse. That's right. like, you also know, like the weird thing was like, people were, were like trying to defend it as like com- comedians should say whatever they want when they're, but like what, what are, he, yeah. what he was doing more, they weren't even jokes. Right. No. The people that defend, I find pe- okay, here's what we also have to remember. And I've, re- and I realize this more and more is that there's a lot of people who I don't even know if they necessarily believe it. And it's very in colder, but people are realizing that there's an opportunity right now to cash in on being hateful completely because there's an audience that really wants that Lauren Southern that like pretty white girl that's going to be like you know what people are too fucking sensitive these days okay Kevin Hart can't just like say a joke years ago when everyone used that word like Mm. it's just very like people want that they're looking for that they're looking for someone to make it safe for them right so and that's it's also acknowledging that like you know what all of us might have had a problematic thing in the past and then this is the thing about the internet that frustrates me a little bit because there are people who are like um, I, I've been on Twitter for 10 years and I've managed to not say anything problematic. And it's like, good. It's good for you. But like also, you know, we evolve as human I've beings. I've grown a right. lot as a human there being. There are things yeah. I've said on this podcast that I regret. Me too. Oh, yeah. for you know sure. I mean? And I'm like, ooh, when is this going to come out? That like, <laughs> for sure. You know, uh, but it's also just like, I don't mind because I like having that journey of like, oh yeah, I've actually like, the stress that comes with being confronted with these things. Right is so that they are painful so that you do not do them again. Right. right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And totally. you, you're supposed to learn from the voices that are speaking back at you and understand the emotion that's coming out from them right. and yeah. understand the pain that's happening from them. Completely. And so like when you don't acknowledge that, yeah. then you're not taking responsibility for your actions. Because I do and think I can it understand is, the yeah. frustration of like, oh, I already like, do I have to apologize this for this for the rest of my life? Maybe yes, but also realize that like every time it comes up, it's being brought up to a different audience so like the people who might have heard the first apology probably weren't the same audience of like oh i'm an oscar watcher like oh kevin hart like it's a different person right it's a whole different group of people that 
you know, are not are being exposed to a new version of your work that might have not been as aware of what your past have been like, have, have never seen an interview with you before. And growth can work two ways. I will say as like a Howard Stern fan who's someone who's listened to that show for years, like I've seen a lot of growth in him as a listener. He's changed a lot of the words he says. He's changed a lot of the tone. He changed a lot of the way that he treats and talks to women. Right. And I think that and I and I will say that, like, it's interesting because he acknowledges that he used to speak in ways that were, I mean, he Howard Stern has always run a really dirty show and he acknowledges that. And he like, you know, knows that that is part of who has made him, but he'll call people out for saying stuff. He'll correct guests when they say stuff on the show. And it's nice to see that he's not, you know, even, even Howard is not making a safe space. I mean, I just, I made that. I misgendered uh, your, your, you corrected me. Blue hex. Oh yeah. More like gender neutral term for it. I just, I'm so used to it being a feminine part of life that like, I don't even know what it, but thank you for yeah. correcting oh, me on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, the kind of thing where you also, when you're at that level, like, it's your responsibility to sort of, like, get outside of the bubble of people you pay to be around you to, like, fluff you up all the time. Yeah. And, like, you know, be in touch with the world. And, you know, because I'm sure he's around people all the time who just tell him how great he is and how funny he is and how wonderful he is. But you have to get outside of that in order to actually connect with an audience that large because you're, you know... It, it's also like a very thankless job, you know, so. And it's like the actual work involved in self-improvement also means owning up for the shitty things that you have done as Absolutely. a person. And yeah. you might have to do that repeatedly and it's painful, but like that's where the growth comes from. Okay. Yeah. It's not just putting on sheet masks and like learning about like the positive things or yeah. like trying to like build up your. Also, like it's very easy to go search your Twitter and just delete shit. And yeah. I'm not saying that because it's too, I'm not saying that because it's like, oh, here's how to get out. Here's how to get away with it. Yeah. I'm saying that because it's then you are preventing hateful language from being brought up again, because that the reason why everyone gets emotional about it is not just because, oh, Kevin Hart's a bad person. It's because they're confronted with that language again. And that's frustrating and hurtful. And right. so one, one way to avoid hurting and frustrating people is to get rid of some stuff that you're not proud of right. because we do that no longer represents you. Yeah. Right, yes. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is that it's like people, there's different iterations of everything, businesses, websites, human beings. Like we change over time and improve constantly. And so I think that different parts of yourself that you start to acknowledge, like totally. it's, 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 yeah. Or like people come into your lives and like, and, and sad that like, that's that kind of tangential relationship you need to have to understand like another human being. But that's, that happens for a lot of people. Right. Sometimes, they need a gay son right. to like realize oh wait like the world is really fucked up when it comes to like how we treat the LGBTQ plus community right in this world. and like you've come really far in accepting me as a flat earther so like <laughs> you know what I mean you know, yeah. there's that so we're, we always acknowledge and accept each other's Absolutely. different lifestyles yeah, you know exactly. I recognize that in you and me um so no fuck you um i've had no support i've had no support um in my new beliefs but like who Um, who would even who would you even want to see host at this point because it's such a tricky thing oh because it's like they kind of have to be safe but they still kind of have to be funny gatsby i think it should be hannah gatsby i think that that would be the best person to host this because everyone's interested or wants to see her it would be Mm. controversial but she would be safe she would be Mm. very brilliant about it and she's very on topic and on trend I don't think her special could be nominated for an Oscar 
I mean, yeah. Because I, I don't I know if don't it counts. imagine it going well. There's no in comedy the category. Of the sure, probably yeah. not. But I think that if like that would be Hollywood putting its money where its mouth is, is because she's being very Let's see it do that. She'd be very. She's very celebrated right now by the artistic community, and I feel like that's you know everyone was so excited to like talk about bridesmaids a couple of years ago. I mean, I look back on that. My one of my biggest regrets in life. I'm not kidding. Is when I did um, I did red carpet coverage for Eve with Hello Giggles. Like they had us mm. on to talk about like being girls and like what girls are excited about at the movies this year. <laughs> yeah, and everyone was like like really pumped the bridesmaids thing. And then when they asked me what movie I should have been nominated for that wasn't, I should have said fucking young adults, but I didn't say mm. it. And that movie should have totally fucking been nominated, and I think it should have won. I thought it was funnier than Bridesmaids. Mm. That it was a better movie. Um, but I didn't do it. So that's one of my biggest regrets to this day. Um, I think, yeah, I think Hannah Gatsby would be the person, best person to do it. And I think that also she is really, really likable. And I think that it would be something that people could be angry at. A lot of people would be angry at. But I think the people that were willing to listen would be won over by her. Mm. I think she'd be really good at it. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Mm. Yeah. Who else? I'm into Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Why are we fighting it? They did great at the Golden Globes, I thought. Yeah. You know. Why not do I it? I do like the idea of like a duo yeah. as I do think it is a lot to put on one person. I hate the idea of like a rotating host. Yeah. I don't like it for the VMAs. I certainly wouldn't like <laughs> it. feels unsafe. That's what it feels like because it's like, oh, now we're coming back to this person. And so yeah. there's always going to be hiccups with that because it's like, you know, certain people are doing wardrobe to the last second and they rush out and like now so-and-so stumbling reading a cue card as opposed to a person who's had two weeks of rehearsals and like a team of writers and all this stuff. I just feel like that might be messy. I think it's too late for them to even really get anybody and it might have to come to that. Ooh, like, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I think there's a lot of good voice uh, that that are out there that like I might not necessarily like but I know are liked mm -hmm. and definitely underrepresented and definitely like wild cards um, that are begging to host this show so I don't understand why they wouldn't I mean I think that that would be if they want a viral moment if they want that Ellen photograph right. moment put some <laughs> fucking put some fucking local news reporter <laughs> Hosting the Oscars. That's some bat kid shit, okay? That's some shit America would get behind. Dallas Reigns hosts the Oscars. Have someone's 68 year old mother host the fucking Oscars. That is who should. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence is in the front of the audience. I love that. Yes, yes. Your work, Jennifer. It's so great. They should get Kathy Griffin's mom to host the Oscars. Oh, that would be great. I would. I think she's 98, literally 98 years old. But I would be here for it. I would. I think that would be great. Why not? Oh, oh, it's what's her face from that show from that what's its name someone's so excited to be there because you know what that's the other energy i'm so tired of someone like strolling across the stage being like you know how it is like it's just like you shouldn't be that confident <laughs> and like this is a big deal and like it makes everyone feel outsidery because and and that is good Hollywood yeah. should feel outside. I think it's very weird when people are like average people are friends with big celebrities because I'm like, you shouldn't get that close to the sun. Like, because once you know a bunch of celebrities, the magic's gone, baby. Like, you just know, you know how the sausage is made and it's not cute anymore, no. you know? Yeah. So I would like if it was someone who really was like, what? Like, not the yodel boy. He's already, <laughs> although he is a good celebrity. Have you seen how he's matured? No, I haven't seen that. That kid can work a room like nobody like he really is he's all finger guns and twirling kissing to the ladies like 
that the the yodel boys turned out great and he's clean. He's not like one of those like Danielle Bergolis or something. Yeah. That's who should host the Oscars. That I'm would be it. great. All the bad kids from Dr. Phil. <laughs> just fucking verbally. outside. Whoa, Vicky. That white girl. Best picture. That yeah. white girl who <laughs> insists that she's black. Whoa, Vicky. She would be. Well, that would really be a turn. I that would to, really be a turn. Anyone who's excited to be there would be would be a nice change of Kevin pace. Spacey, yeah. anybody? <laughs> I mean, no, that's the other thing. Ooh. Do you know he's hiding on an island? No, really? Yeah, they have him on an island. That's what it will say. I don't know. But probably, honestly, like, <laughs> you can do some yeah, Googling, we, we'll do but some Googling. there's a lot, there's a, a an <laughs> intricate network in this town, according to some sites, and I will tell you, they are protected. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, is my microphone on? It should be. Okay. Yeah. There's no light on this one. Yeah, that, no, that was Okay, no okay. This isn't my favorite one. No. You switch them? That's the one you have, you've been having for the last three weeks. Are you fucking with me? You switched my mics? Like, but you didn't tell me. It's not, no, but that's my best friend. <laughs> I can't, but it's I can't, that one, isn't I it? This one? That one, yeah. Oh. Fuck. I know my big blue when I see it. And Apparently you didn't because you thought it was this to, one. Do we need to well, switch? No, no, she just oh. won't. She like, now she knows I love it. So she, <laughs> I don't think that's right, by the way. It's a microphone. I'm just going to. That's what you think. But it means more to me than that. And don't hurt my working relationship because now I feel threatened and I don't like it. I feel out of control. Well, no, like the mother may I sleep with podcast mic has been the same mic that you use. That's your boy. This is it. This is your boy. No, the one I use for mother may I sleep with podcast is Sammy's mic. Well, the one that was in the house. The one I, which well, one's the one I sleep with? Which one? <laughs> okay. 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 This one. But you, when we've done, please advise, we've been using that one. <laughs> I don't care if America hears this. They should know what you've been doing to me. <laughs> you've, you've been, been using that mic for the last for three months. weeks. <laughs> you've been using that one for the last three weeks. I've been recording with this one. Do you understand? What I, do you agree with what I'm saying? I understand. You get comfortable so with something. This is like if someone took your baby blanket and your <laughs> mom tried to be like, no, it's yours. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just a blanket. It's not my blanket. It's just a blanket. It's just a blanket. It's just a blanket. Well, all right. Anyway, so Christina's sabotaging me and we'll take our next call. Hey, Malls and Crew. Uh, my name's Andrea. I'm a 29-year-old in Austin, Texas. Um, I saw your request for holiday-themed questions, and I figured I'd drop you a line. Um, every year, I end up going home for Christmas, and while I love my family, they are very conservative, and sometimes dealing with them can be a little stressful. Um, and my problem is my reaction to them getting defensive about their politics or just rubbing me the wrong way is to well up in tears and cry. And then that immediately escalates the situation from like zero to a hundred because they think that I'm getting overly upset about it when really it's just kind of how my emotions come out. Um, and then that actually turns into real tears. And I think every Christmas night for the past three years, I have spent crying in my parents' guest room because Things have just gotten from a 1 to a 10, and nobody's happy. So, Malls, you seem like a pretty emotionally resilient person, or at least somebody who can kind of stand their ground in stressful emotional situations, and I'm just wondering if you have any advice for me when it comes to dealing with my family um, when these little things come up uh, where I just kind of get worked up. I'd like to kind of maintain my composure and maintain the peace while still kind of 
being able to speak up for what I believe in or what I stand for. So if you have any advice, that'd be really great. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully I will hear back from you. I don't want you to take this the wrong way because I f- see a little bit of myself in you, um, but have you ever considered a mood stabilizer? And I'm being dead serious because it's really taken the edge off of harsh emotional reactions for me. Um, I've realized that I should not be on anti-SSRIs don't work for me. And I went to my doctor and I was like, I think my issue is like not depression. I think that I just like fucking overreact. And so that's been really helpful for me. I don't know if maybe you want to look into that. I'm not saying that in a derogatory way as I, I do live that life myself. Yeah. Um, that said, yeah, you on board? I was going to say something very similar. Like mm-hmm. uh, I tend to, anytime I go to an interaction with my family who, you know, is, uh, does contain conservative Republicans of which I'm not, uh, I take a big old dose of CBD honey mm. in uh, my tea before I go over and I'm just, I'm cool as a cucumber, very calm, breathing exercises, yeah. alcohol, you know, anything that uh, to sort of just, you know, calm Calm the body uh, tends to work for myself. So here's my thing. I, d- I will... What? No, go ahead. Oh. I will say something if I feel that someone is making a proclamation publicly that is damaging. Yes. Agreed. Like, if yeah. I know that they live that life, like, mm. I... Like, and, you know, whether I whether I mean that they, I feel like they take it in the workplace or something else, I will be like, you know what? I don't think that's fucking okay. Like right. that's fucked up. Right. But you know, I, I, I don't care. Like, I mean, I care, but I don't care. I had a relative to say like those damn liberals to me or something over the holiday. And I just, I didn't say anything because I knew what it was. Right. It was a dig to try. And I, I just like, I don't fight with people in my life. I don't like it. I only fight with someone in my life if I feel that they're bringing a shitty energy to me. Totally. And so that was just sort of like, you know what? I'm not going to change this man's mind today. I'm not going to like get him to do a 180 on any sort of thing that, you know, and by the way, also he's not going to be able to convince me. And I have, I know that, you know, I read my red pill Reddit. Okay. I have my eyes open to what they believe. Yeah. I'm not going to change that today, honey. Their community is too strong. And if it's just a matter of a day, it's not it's not going to be the battle I fight. And I don't mean that in an I give up way, but I feel like in my life I live a different way. So I just ignore if it's going to really like ruin the holiday and I'm going to be sobbing in a guest room, which is no fun for anybody. No one wants that. It does yeah. more damage to her. You know, it's, it sounds like she's doing more damage to herself than, you know, than her own family. And she's not getting and fighting the, the food. Get, you're not you're losing. It's like not you're losing, but it's like you're fighting the good fight at an expense. That's not really right. Because that's the thing. I think that there's so much rhetoric out there about standing up for what's right. And they all, people also do this with mental illness where everyone's like, you should disclose, disclose your mental illness. Like, no, that is like a rich white woman's thing like that. Yeah. You can do that when you are self-employed and can like go on that thing. But for a lot of people, you can't do that. And for a lot of families out there, you can't bite back at the dinner table. You know, there's so many articles that come out right now about how to like, you know, fight back at Thanksgiving dinner. And I just don't, I don't think that's right. That that's necessarily the move for everyone. And frankly, the holiday is about everyone. It's not about you. It's not about the person who made the jackass comment. It's about everyone. And yeah, at a certain point, you just have to tell your I mean, relatives. I think the yeah. big thing is, like, not to let stuff go unchallenged. You know what I mean? Uh, but 
because then when are you going to have those conversations? Like, I'm not around my relatives enough for, for like, but oh, not you- the holidays. Then when? Like, when someone dies mm. and I'm flying in for the funeral? But is it, but here's, is it your job to challenge everyone? Like, no, I don't is think it, it's a job to think- challenge everyone. But I mean, if there is, if there's a discussion happening, you know, you can be the dissenting voice in the room. I was um, at and a I dinner. Think there's a fair amount of, uh, you know, uh, emotional endurance you build up so that you become a little bit less sensitive to those kind of environments. So here's a question. I went to a dinner not that long ago with, you You don't know these people even, but they're an older couple. I'm not joining a family, um, <laughs> but they're an older couple. And there was another guest who was around my age, which this all sounds very sexual, but it's not. And um, me too came up and the husband doesn't work in the industry at all, but has lived here his whole life. And, you know, he was kind of saying like, you know, when I when when I was working, he works in like um, science, he'd be like, there'd be women coming into the lab and hitting on me. And I'd be like, I'm a married man, you know, and it was kind of like it was kind of the situation where I felt like I had to say, well, you realize that people aren't complaining about like that sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, he was sort of nitpicking with me about me, too. And then his wife uh, actually brought up a conversation about a situation in her workplace that was really kind of upsetting. And he like got up and left the table. Yeah. And I felt terrible because Mm. I pushed back on his initial comment, which caused his wife to want to step forward and back me up, Mm -hmm. which brought some sort of anger, trauma, embarrassment upon him that that had happened to his wife because that's not an uncommon reaction with men who are with women who are sexually assaulted, which is unfortunately shame, anger, and a com- like, you know, pe- some men are ashamed to be with women who have been sexually assaulted, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it really fucking put a wrench in the gears and I felt terrible. Yeah. And so there is a point where I say, you know, the, yes, there's certain things that these things can't go unchallenged, but in even trying to finesse, I wasn't even challenging. I was trying to like just finesse a point in, I ruined dinner for everyone. I don't think you were the one who ruined the dinner. It was him. Right. But I was in his home and it like, you know, it wasn't necessarily, listen, I don't know this man that well. It wasn't my point to, it wasn't my job to, to school this man on his own Sunday dinner. I, we have different approaches. I'm completely okay with making people uncomfortable in their home. If it's for a righteous, if it's for, not, I'm trying to fin- I'm trying to word this right because I don't want to I don't want to seem like it's coming at you because I understand that just tell I can me how you would say it I can understand that impulse of like it's hard to fight that impulse like you're just you're a guest in someone's home and you want to be uh, accommodating because someone's welcoming you into your you want to be a good guest you know and if we were you know we were both raised the same way you know it's like you be gracious but like I'm not I'm at a place in my life where I'm not willing to put someone else's comfort ahead of my own anymore. So, OK, Period. here's my question. I Because I worked well with so like, much of my life. Has been- I work well with like example dialogue. Mm-hmm. So like let's say I said exactly to you, how would you respond to me in a way that that and how would you then physically carry yourself through the evening? Would you leave? Would you? So okay let's say leaving. I said. Christina, I've worked in, you know, science for many, many years and there'd always be women coming into my office, you know, so I don't know. Some of these accusations, they seem really out there to me. I feel like people are too sensitive. 
I would ask you to re uh, investigate your feelings on that and listen to the women's stories and see how these stories have damaged their career paths, how they've impacted their lives, how these have had financial effects on them. And these are very real things. So like you're taking your singular view on the world and you're taking a very individualistic approach about how you move about the world and how you're viewing it. But I would say, look at it in the grander scheme of outside of yourself and your own experiences and lend yourself to compassion and empathy to somebody else's story. That's literally exactly what I said. Right. Yeah. And it made, but, but then, so but then I had just sit terrible because he finished his dinner quickly, got mm-hmm. up. This man is dying of cancer. He finished his meal quickly, got up, went to his room, came back out to have a cookie for dessert with <laughs> us. So that sad. was so uncomfortable. Right. He went back to his room and then there was just it was just quiet and the conversation was strange and I didn't want to chew and screw because I just like ate a meal that they made for me. And that's a very like to me, that's like a that's like toxic to to go to someone's house and eat and leave. So like to me, it's like I I, I don't I like he needs that him and his feelings like he needs to deal with that. That has nothing to do with me. I have nothing because I was right in asserting like what the real issues are here. Yeah. I, I'm in the right. And like he that whatever he needs to do, that's for him to unpack. Well, that's, that's how between, I feel. That's between him and his God, honey. But that's you know? that's how I feel like which which is that it is. Bet- but at the same time, I can feel both ways, which is that I know that I was right. And I don't think that I shouldn't have said it. Right. Although I do think that that was very fucking uncomfortable. And I hate feelings of discomfort not even just for him but for the other two people that were there because I even though they agreed with me Mm -hmm. I by the being the one who stood up I ruined everyone's meal I don't think I would look at it like that but it was like I'm I can read a room you know when a meal's ruined right (laughs) but but then I would be fine with ruining the meal like like if it means like standing up for the right thing in that moment like it's just just like 20 20 years from now am I really gonna think about how that meal impacted my life I don't know I just don't think it's like it's not really an issue for me I'm okay with ruining another person's day if I'm in like the right for standing up for causes that matter right it's not I feel both at the same time because I do you can totally feel both at the same time but also acknowledging like this work is uncomfortable and you're unpacking a lot of things yeah Yeah. and it's gonna be unlearning a lot of things and it's also recognizing that society kind of breeds the shame into us for fighting for what's okay for us to because sometimes totally. I don't know if I'm being twittery like because sometimes I'm like am I rage culturing on this man right now on a right. Sunday dinner and like how is this affecting my dear friend and her other guest like yeah. that was at some point I want to hear from you but yeah. I just want to reflect yeah. on my own experiences there have been times lately where I've been coming to blows with my own dad because of our dissenting views, because he's been very old school. And even like he's, he tells me millennials are too sensitive about the way that they use words. And like, you know, uh, women, how we treat men, men are apparently garbage. Like how, what is this society? And, and I, I, I've actually had like really hard talks with my dad and like things. And I felt ter- there've been times where I've like come about and I felt terrible, but ultimately I know that what I'm standing up for is the right thing. Um, and that we have to make a new world where things that are where we don't internalize things that damage us anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, I, it, you know, I have to do this work a lot just being a person of color. Right. And so um, there have been times where I've internalized so many things and I've been so hurt from my experiences from not speaking up because I cared too much about what the other person 
what the other person was feeling and also how I was showing up in the room and like worrying about still having access, worrying about still being able to have a career, worrying about still being liked. And you know what? It's like, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a really hard line to straddle for sure. And like, it's one thing, you know, like having those conversations with your dad is super important. And like, that's, I think definitely that's the best way I think to bring about change. Um, when you're in a situation like yours, which I've been before, like it's really hard. And I try to be really, you know, uh, unfortunately I try to be like very as generic as possible. And I just say like, I completely, totally and completely disagree with that. And my mind is not going to change. So we should probably talk about something else and, you know, and try and move on. But, you know, a lot of times that doesn't work. People still try to engage with you. It's hard the first time you're meeting someone. I would, if it was anyone, if I had even met them a second time, I'd be like, you know how, and I even make a joke about it. Like, I'm just like, oh, you know how we feel about this. Like, let's move on. How about this? I've reframed the way that I moved about the world. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to be a nice person. I'm a kind person. Mm -hmm. And those are two very, very different things. Because niceness, you can fake. Mm -hmm. And it also involves in keeping up some sort of societal norms. And it also involves some sort of a lot of performative. You cannot perform kindness. Mm -hmm. It has to come from a place. You've always been kind. Yeah, it's very important to me. Um, And so like... I understand those feelings of like, oh, God, I just ruined this evening. And it's like, well, no, him and his feelings and his ego ruined the evening Mm -hmm. because ultimately you were standing in the right. All the other like that woman knew you were also right. And she had to do the like the uncomfortable work. But then everyone continued to be uncomfortable after. And I think that's what I feel bad about. He was the one who made it. Right. No, he did. He did. No, I know. I know he did. I know he did because I left knowing that I was right. I mean, I wasn't talking bullshit. I was like yeah. hitting hard facts, you know, like these women have not worked since this has happened and they get nothing from it because no one's giving them a like, job. What? So these guys can't like, cause Louis CK is coming back and they're like, what? These guys can't make a living. And I'm like, he literally has made millions of dollars. He's, plus, right. he's made his living 10 times over. Yeah. Right? And he hasn't even let a year go by. Without, My big like, joke about that is yeah. like, Oh, he has to do his art. Like that's how he <laughs> feels about it. Like he just can't stop doing it. You cannot right. keep his stand up from him. He has to do his fucking art. And like, that's all it is. It's ego. It's like he has to. It's like, no, it's like, I understand. I get it. People get very precious and they do the whole like, I mean, if I just put in, if I wasn't, you know, a stand up, I'd be unemployed. Like, I just couldn't do anything else. I get the people do that. Yeah. When you like probably I would say probably a hundred million dollars. Right. I mean, he's done very well. And yes, that animation work, honey, that's the that's the real money in this town. But He's done very well. He doesn't need to do his art. Like, yeah. and at the expense of all, like anyone in the audience, anyone in the given audience. And I think the lukewarm reception, it's the lukeness that upsets me about it is that there, there are people that are here for this. Like yeah. in the audience, it's not just like loud. You know, when Joe Rogan knows it's fucked up, like that means it's fucked up. <laughs> I love Joe Rogan because he really toes the line. And yeah. when he goes, no, I'm like, See, like not even those red pillars who love their Rogan can get behind this. I I enjoy Joe Rogan. Say it. It's one thing to have like, you know, beliefs or whatever, but it's another thing. I think a lot of times people who have these beliefs, like they really go out of their way to like make you feel uncomfortable. Like I was in a gay bar. That's all it is. It's like they're trying to intimidate you. Yeah. And And I'm just not fucking having it anymore. And they want that That's how I felt at the dinner was I felt like he was waiting for me to like be like, you're right. Some women lie about rape. 
that's he, that's exactly what he was he was trying to intimidate you right and just like oh it, like what makes you an expert sir on your on your expertise right. or like sexual harassment because of one office right. like i'm sure those women were hitting on you and great. that's why i stopped having sex with them yeah exactly <laughs> um no i'm just kidding no but i mean like just that's kidding, the thing. it's like it's really uncomfortable and it's really hard to resist that urge of like oh no i'm ruining like this is right. what we say about guys right and how that locker room talk and like yeah oh if, the, if something is if there's some sexual assault happening or they're talking about women in a way that's disparaging like oh you don't want to be the one that kills the buzz in the room but it's uncomfortable work right but it's necessary work yeah can we talk about the oh sorry oh no ahead, i just no. want to veer left for a second or veer right <laughs> um i people like gavin mcginnis and lauren southern in particular have just fascinated me because they have made so much i mean gavin mcginnis has started the proud boys you know he is a big force on this alt-right thing he really loves it and it's very obvious to an extent that he's playing a character and a lot of these people do ramp it up and part of me gets really torn between fuck that is smart business and also see you in hell motherfucker that was actually a storyline on dear white people where it's like this woman was just playing playing Tessa Thompson's character and right. spoilers. There's a, I mean, I really think that there's a great show there about a couple that has exactly opposite <laughs> politics of the politics they make millions and millions off of. And they're just like, like laughing at home. Yeah. Like. And like, and because it's just, I really think there's plenty of couples out there that we've had, Mandy Statmiller was on here and said her husband is a Trump supporter and that she, it doesn't bother her. And like, we were trying to, um, you know, on, uh, on Charmed, we were thinking of, you know, uh, different casting possibilities for certain things. And, Freddie Prince Jr. came up, and I did not know this, but he is apparently a Trump he's a hung- supporter. Oh, he is. Oh, he's, a, oh. he's a Trump supporter. Sarah Michelle Geller is not, and it's just that is all that is an interesting thing. The Maria Shriver, Arnold Schwarzenegger of it all, the all of those couples, right? Who make that and work. I think that also, like, yeah, we've talked about this. I think I talked about this with either Karen on the Flowers in the Attic podcast or maybe on this podcast, mm. but um. There's definitely like old white men in Hollywood. There's a subset, you know, James Woods, Scott Baio that are just getting a new life from this. It's like little like speaking fees come in. It's not a bad business to be in, except it's the worst business to be in. Antonio Sabato Jr. Yeah. (laughs) People are disappointing. People are really disappointing. I will say like, I'll punt it back to you real quick because I feel like I've been interrupting you this whole time. No, no, no. Um, There's a really great book I've been reading lately that's called White Fragility and it's by Dr. Robin or just by Robin D'Angelo. And um, it's a really great way of understanding how people fail to see race in this country in a certain way, but it also colors like larger arguments that you can have for talking about hard things in general. So I would recommend that book to a lot of people. That's a good rec. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good rec. Is it on Audible? Uh, It might be. I don't know. Because I know a lot of people can blow through shit on audible yeah, yeah it's a really it's reason it's a short it's book it's only a paper book these days yeah, sometimes you know is. you're like ooh, this is a homework assignment yeah. i love it i have a million books it's but- only 151 pages um long but it's it's it has really good information and it also talks about like emotional endurance and, yeah. and, and talking about these hard hard things that make other people uncomfortable but are necessary conversations that we need to have would you yeah. recommend that for like everyone should yeah. i read that i mean i'm a person of color and i'm reading it and i'm learning from it i'm learning about how to talk to white people about race because of you know we do take an individualistic approach it's this idea that like the only people who are racist are people who intend are intentionally being racist and they're mean right and it's like no there's a lot of subtle more subtle ways you can do it and also the way we talk about race in this country is broken because we see it in an individualistic way yeah it's like that person is racist but really it's like no this system is racist there's also and here's like, like what enables that system 
There's also the etymology is an issue. Like there's a lot of words that are just fucking problematic. Thank God. Yeah. Do you remember? We, uh, Caucasian. We did Caucasian learn. Caucasian stems still... from like a, the Caucasian stems from a, a poorly researched like science thing that en- identified different races. Yeah. And so like it, one of them was the caucus is what they called white people. And so like we still use that word to talk about whiteness and it's not a proper term we should mm-hmm. ever use. Because just white. science is just white. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah it's interesting like i feel like there is a line and like in this you know a line that you know you can cross and i feel like this guy oddly enough crossed this line with you because you're a guest in his home i still feel uncomfortable it's his job to make you feel like okay and safe and you know and welcome yeah and you know so i feel like you know in do in crossing that line with you he got you know he i don't know what reaction he expected i think he got the reaction he wanted oddly enough um and it reminds me of a time recently i was at um at this gay bar rockwell and well gayish bar rockwell in los angeles waiting not great brunch there not great no it's uh i was getting my car washed across the street and so i was just getting a drink while i was waiting for that and this older white gentleman comes in with a make america great again hat and he's with a group of friends that you know he they're clearly like gathering for some like organizational thing and he comes over to me and starts talking to me and starts you know hitting on me and and being very like you know weird and at one point he made a i said something and he made a comment like uh you know are you even gay and i was like are you even gay you're wearing a make america great again hat and i had to kind of you know dress him down a little bit because it's one thing to let you know and he you know was making a comment about how some lesbian couple uh, was yelling at him in west hollywood and it's like yeah because you're hitting on some you're coming over here and you're hitting on someone who looks like people who are in cages because of this person that you're supporting. Oh yeah. You know, there must be like a weird fetish. Going so it's like there. a weird thing. Like, why are you doing this? And like, it's one thing to have your beliefs, but it's another thing to wear the hat and come out into an environment that is, you know, that is uh, being, uh, you know, persecuted against for, you know, by this current administration. There's a, a lot of gay of men that from just like, hate women. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying. But great example of margin, oh, yeah. someone from a marginalized community also like, Infecting another, uh, like affecting another marginalized group. Infecting. Infecting another marginalized group. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. I hate that realization that I I just didn't, I never realized it, but a lot of gay men, I mean, lesbians definitely get it the worst, I think, because they're of so little value to them. You know, like straight girls can be accessories sometimes too. I feel like that's a reverse thing that people talk about a lot. I do think it's true. A lot of women treat gay men like accessories, but gay men treat women like accessories too sometimes. Um, So anyway, I I think there are instances where like, you know, confrontation isn't the way to go, especially if it comes at the risk of your own physical safety. Right. Um, And so like maybe not taking my aggressive, quote unquote, aggressive approach is the best way to go. But um, I think whatever these important conversations you're having is always going to be uncomfortable. And right. like mm-hmm. if you are really about if the, if it really is that something that you're passionate about, so it sounds like it does. It also sounds like you need to do a little bit of emotional uh, work, emotional work to build up your endurance to have those conversations. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I feel you, girl. Well, that was deep. Do you yeah. want to go to another question? Do we have maybe something <laughs> a little like um, I'm trying to find something a little like flirty, fun? <laughs> yeah, a flirty little call. Yeah, let me check. What's my favorite color? Hey, Malls, Christina uh, and guest. Uh, This is Christina with a K. Woo! Uh, Calling in from Cleveland. Uh, Don't really have anything too crazy, but um, I'm 28. Kind of feeling more like an adult lately. And a lot of my friends are starting to get uh, buy houses. And I actually... I don't know why I jumped the 
gone and bought a house at 25. I know malls will probably say, oh, that's so Ohio Midwest, but um, I did that, and a lot of um, older friends, you know, kind of gave us housewarming gifts, and at the time, I was like, wow, this is crazy, and now I'm 28 going on 29 soon here and a lot of my other friends are getting married uh, slowly starting to buy houses I'm actually blanking out a lot on really good housewarming gifts or just anything like that so uh, just wondering if you guys had any advice on some good housewarming gifts that are just in general great for anyone Um, I have a lot of um, active friends as well so uh, I don't know anything like that please advise bye guys I know I can like sass people on this show, but like I looked at Christina when you said the Ohio thing and I was like, do I talk like that? And she was like, I don't know what the listen, girl. Let me I tell think you something. Like, I think there's like a, a, a people make assumptions about like East Coast leaders. Well, no, I know what she's talking about, which is that like when oftentimes people call and they they say they're getting married very young, I assume they are not in a coastal city and oftentimes they are not. So sometimes I gauge whether or not when someone says, is this normal? I gauge it by where they might be geographically. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with Cleveland. I actually would love to go. My friend Troy lives there. I hear it rocks. Yeah, Cleveland rocks. Big Drew Carey fan. <laughs> um, sure you, But I'm sure you hate that because it's like one of those things that people probably say, like Beantown, park the car in Harvard Yard. Like I've never heard that. <laughs> um, but that said, um, I would not say that to you. And I'm sorry. Sometimes people say things like, malls will probably say, and it's like the meanest thing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like has no one ever teased you? Like there's one thing between like busting someone's chops and being violently cruel. Like I'd never be like, oh, you fucking Ohio loser. You read that line. <laughs> Congratulations on your fucking house, you 25 year old loser from Ohio what are you from Ohio or something like what am I got like Jesus Christ um but anyway um buy for a house like you buy for a wedding but like get a Le Creuset or get like a get you know something get a ring.com if they you know they probably have their own people have their own shit figured out a lot of times like their mm-hmm. own systems in terms of how the house actually runs yeah so I would say like first of all ask because they might already have a toaster oven or not, you know, like when you saddle up that 250 at, you know, Sir La Tub or something for like a fucking juicer, make sure they need it. You know, a vase is never people. A vase I, is like a nice gift. Cause I, we, yeah, I was just going to say like a nice I tend whenever there's a housewarming, I tend to get people a nice face from Jonathan Adler. Yeah, because I find that like that's something that you wouldn't buy for you yourself. Never buy for yourself. And you can always bring them flowers to put in that vase mm-hmm. anytime you go over to visit. All later. of mine are like the ones that come with my flowers and mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed about them <laughs> and I hate them. Um, and then I have two beautiful ones that I don't even think I can put water in. So, I mean, that sounds like a really nice. That sounds like a really nice thing. And that's yeah. like a cute little relationship. And also I found um, you can find find a lot of like independent like ceramic artists online I actually followed one yesterday um that I think might be Danish or Swedish um but they had really gorgeous stuff and my first thought was oh I should get something from here for my mom I like that idea because like people could always use like a little little thing to put on a table you know what I mean so like a nice ceramic piece or like a vase or a vase um 
I think is really a good way to go. Yeah. If you're not going to go like the gift card route or like if they didn't have something in on their registry or I guess you can get them like a scented candle, a nice scented candle. I wish they hadn't changed your followers so that you can see who you followed last as opposed to now it's just telling me like Ariana Grande is like up at the top. <laughs> it's all my verifieds are up at the top. Oh, That's so hmm. annoying. I want to know this ceramics company now. Um, well, if I find it, I'll post it for you. But I thought it was really cool and you can find like unique stuff like that I think like a unique piece is really cool too or for Jackie and Adam's wedding I got them I bought them something on their registry um but then I also found this like pink geode sort of cheese tray sort of plate thing and I got that for them too because Jackie loves pink and geodes are where it's at right now it's like basically like that coaster over there except it was pink and huge um and she loved that so if you can add something special like if you know your friend has a favorite color you know that'd be cool right also this time of year a Christmas ornament you know, mm, fun, that's a very classy yeah, gift is to bring cl- yeah. Every, I, I kind of love when people have those parties like bring an ornament for yes. the tree sort of parties you have some really great ornaments on your tree Molly thank you some of them are from my childhood some of them are I got on Etsy some a lot of them are really old like since I was a kid type shit um, yeah that's the best part about Christmas ornaments they all have memories Every single one. It's so, except for that snow baby. I don't remember who <laughs> gave me that snow baby, but I think I got it in high school from like my great aunt. Oh, yeah. I'm not positive. Okay. Anyway, um, thanks so much for listening. Or do we have another call, or are we wrapping up? We have. We can. We have another. Call let's do or another two. call. We have a letter okay. too, but they're... oh, let's do another call. I need a like or a letter, whatever you want. Okay, let me see. <laughs> Christina's gonna read a letter. Hey guys, I wanted your opinion slash experience on something. I got sober two years ago after spending most of my 20s in a blackout. I have a nice solid pack of friends that are always inviting me out to parties slash events. And when they're at the bar, I often just swing by, say hi and leave. With the holidays here and Friendsgiving, sorry, we're getting into this late, Friendsgiving and festivities, wondering if in your experience, having a sober person who can't drink versus someone who chooses not to is uncomfortable I usually play it one or two ways, make a big joke out of it, like, nah, no drinks for me, you know, still, but you'll still like me tomorrow. Uh, Or I just avoid the topic. Sometimes it feels like more work than it's worth to make other people comfortable with it. But the flip side is not going out. That's pretty sad for me. Thoughts? Well, like, unless you have to, um, unless you feel uncomfortable and feel like you have to make a joke, I think saying, like, I'm good. Is it like I'm sticking to water is enough or whatever. And anyone who has a problem with that isn't your friend. It's actually like a good you have a good barometer now for like whether or not someone is shitty in a really subtle way. I've realized I I have I've had a couple of friends who were like, stay and drink. And I've also had friends who were like, can you stay up? No, let's stay up. Let's come on. Let's hang out. Let's stay up. And it's like when I'm when I say I'm tired or when I'm done drinking, Trust me and you're not my friend if you don't agree with me on that. Like if I'm an adult, Uber exists. If I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. I had to have a conversation with two of my friends that I noticed were in a really codependent relationship and I had to say to them like, yo, you are adults. If one person wants to go home and the other person wants to stay and drink, you do that. 
But like you are physically responsible for your body. If you pass out at a party or if you're mad or if you have a temper tantrum, that's on you. Yeah. You know, and also, but at the same time, you have to have a friend who's good enough to know that like it's when, when enough is enough, you know? I kind of hate the friends that are like, no, come on, stay out longer. It's just like, I'm fucking tired. Like yeah. I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Like, uh, like and nothing literally not what are you gonna try to do peer pressure me in my 30s to like right. stay out yeah. later you're that's not a good friend move like accept what i'm saying and like let me go away it's yeah. one thing to have someone like express that they're gonna miss you and they wish you would yeah. stay for the mm-hmm. fun time it's another thing when i mean i've they really try to been, guilt you. i've yeah. really been dragged no i'm not kidding like i've literally been like i'm falling asleep and i wasn't even that drunk i was just exhausted it was like after a day of travel and i was like i'm fa- like falling asleep i can't do this i have to go sleep that's a form of sleep deprivation is a form of torture and like if you're someone like me in particular you know me better than most people like I fucking need my sleep and if I don't get it the brain isn't functioning so when someone takes that from me I'm like not only do you not have my best interests in mind like you're a very shitty person you know and that's just it that's it what about you yeah I I, you know I've been uh I drink but about you know there have been times when I've been on a diet where like I'm like oh I'm only having like two 30 or something yeah Yeah. and like friends are like you know oh you know stay have more I just try to make a joke and say like oh I'm saving all the alcohol for you it's more for you yeah have at it uh but you know it's like I just make a hard line and say no but completely you know agree with you it's uh it's like I I also I'm a professional I need my sleep I have you know shit to do responsibilities like it's oftentimes these other people who either don't have these responsibilities or who have someone they're like dating someone or married to someone who takes care of those responsibilities right I don't have that so yeah it's not gonna happen yeah it's it's just not I don't know and also I think another thing to keep in mind is when I say that is like it's the people that push 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 are the problem I don't think it's if someone I said to my friend the other night, I was like, oh, we're not having a drink with dinner. Like, that's fine, I think, because I just my friend does drink and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think when someone when anyone ever bullies you for it or when I was very young, I didn't understand why people got sober. I didn't realize how serious it is. And so I was very like, you know, I think that I thought sober people were annoying and very high and mighty. Um, and, but that was very youthful of me. That's like the word I would use. It was like youthful ignorance. But if you're with a grown ass adult, especially one that's like hammered and they're giving you a hard time, honey, they have a problem. And you know that if you stop drinking, you know that. So let it be. Just don't hang out with them. I do wonder if a little bit is a lot more of like her perceived anxiety. Over yeah, it like, is. Yeah, about not being accepted. And yeah. just, how do you get over something like that? It is. I mean, it, well, it's perceived anxiety. And well, the only thing I think that she might discover is how un- fucking annoying people are when they're drunk. Oh, yeah. God. So bad. Like yeah. if you've ever been really like dead ass sober around like there's a reason why people say I got to catch up to you guys. And it's because drunk people are fucking annoying. And like, especially when it's like all day cocktails sort of thing. (sighs) Like I have one friend in particular that I feel like she's melting and falling to pieces every time I see her. And I'm like, girl, like, I just don't think you can drink. Like I stay home. I go home at that point. And like, you're ready to, we've got six hours ahead of us, honey. Yeah. You know, and that's tough. I've been in those spots, but like it's, some people are perma there and that really concerns, that's concerning to me. So in a way, I feel like you have an opportunity to look from the outside in and kind of see 
why continue continue to see why you're sober. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, like, this can't be fear and loathing every single time we hang out. Like, we need to have a quiet moment. We need to have have a (laughs) one-on-one. We need to have, like, a fun little Gilmore Girls coffee moment. Yeah. I cannot do this, like, Courtney Love thing with you every single time we hang out. I Yeah, I have friends that, like, it's, like, every time we hang out, it's like, let's go crazy. And then it's just nice to sometimes just have a fucking normal dinner. And yeah. it's, like, not a big deal. Yeah. And, like, but you have to you have to check in and remember to do yeah. that. Because it's easy to... only People only have so many people they reach out to, right? And so, and people also usually when they want to go out, they want to have fun. And for a lot of people, that means nightlife, which for yeah. a lot of people means drinks, right? Um, and that's not the way it always has to be. But I don't think... I think that you'll quickly learn that drunk people aren't paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, like I have a friend that it took me years to realize that everyone was getting really, really drunk around him, but he was nursing the same beer all night. And you're like, motherfucker, like you are the connector. (laughs) You're the one who brings us all together to get shit faced together. And you're nursing a beer in the corner. Like, what the fuck? Like... I, I'm making an ass out of myself for years in front of you and yeah. you're sober? What yeah. the fuck? It was it's like, so but funny. it was literally like finding out you were having sex with a different person. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was really like, oh, I thought we were in this together and you're fucking sober. Um, but no, just, uh, he wasn't sober, but you know what I mean? It is interesting to see what someone else's sobriety, how someone else's sobriety makes other people uncomfortable and it's like what they're projecting onto that is very revealing. Right. So just like notice that. That's what, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm, is usually... That's like the thing that they say is like when someone has a problem with you not drinking, they have a problem. You know what I mean? That's the people who scrutinize you for being sober. Yeah. Someone got mad at me for saying that recently and I didn't understand why. They probably have a problem. (laughs) No, they were sober. Oh, oh, They, they took it as like me saying that they had a problem and I was like no I'm saying the opposite which yeah. is but I don't know why I so if anyone sober out there wants to tell me why that was offensive I would yeah. love to know yeah because I said it from a place of compassion and what I feel is deep honesty yeah but you let me know yeah um do this, we have any this other- is an episode of like learning your learning how to use words and also speaking yeah. with intention I don't know <laughs> like- yeah what was last episode's theme again it was like Get your life together. (laughs) Pull yourself up from the inside. Yeah. I mean, we'll never recover from that bathroom call ever again. Oh, man. Yeah, that was crazy. What would you do with that in that situation? Oh, my God. The the shitting situation. uh, That's mm, that's because we said HR and then HR was like, no such problem yeah, the, has ever the been The theory reported. that evolved was like, mm, HR was the one who was behind it. And so right? it's like, because they can't implicate themselves. But then I, mean, I say at that point, call the police. Right, well, I mean, a building, <laughs> at least, is there a building manager? Is there like call a... Call the like, police. Yeah. This is an issue for the police. People who play with fecal matter are two steps away from murdering someone. It's literally the truth. People who... People who do that are oftentimes it's it's terrible. Children who play with their feces are oftentimes showing signs of um, behavioral issues to come or oftentimes they're victims of molestation. Mm. And then when adults do it, 
They're serial killers. So just don't do that, please. And also call the police. If someone is smearing fecal matter anywhere, that is what prisoners do to get attention. And a lot of times those prisoners are in for grisly murders. I just don't feel comfortable around it. Would you call the police? I don't. I, I would. I feel uncomfortable calling the police. In I agree with yeah. that. I yes. also don't call the. I've never called the police in my life, yeah, so I don't I really know how that would work. But, but um, this episode's going to air around the end of the year. Okay. So uh, before we leave, I do want to go out and saying like, what was the biggest thing either you learned this year in general or about you or like that helped you as a person? Oh, if you need a minute to think about that. Let me think. Let me think. But Um, I do think for me, it was learning, like not making other people, not putting other people's comfort ahead of my own. Yeah. And really like binding myself to that yeah i think um i think uh for me um the biggest thing this year was like um sort of similar to some of the stuff we've talked about already is like um you know uh just learning that like i don't have to sort of explain myself to anyone um be you know i'm a single person and i've been single for a few years now about three years and every time i come across people they're always like why are you single why are you single you're so great you're so this you're so that like you know um you know i have this friend let me try and set you up i have this friend and it's like I just learned like I'm I'm good I'm okay like if I would like you to set me up I will ask you if I like uh, you know if I'm looking for something I'll try a bit harder yeah but like you know it's one of those things where I just learned like um, that there's nothing wrong with me I'm okay and um, yeah, and often you're great thank you and like I there's I think you a lot are of times, great thank you I think sure. a lot of times like when you're single people look at you like um like it's a problem that needs to be fixed I think it's the same thing with sobriety it's yes. like because they have something they can't be alone, so they can't fathom how another person can be alone. Men, I have one man, one man in particular, you know who it is, um, who's like obsessed with me being single and <laughs> thinks it's like wrong. He's like, I, anytime my name comes up in any conversation, I'm like, did he bring up the fact that I'm single? And they're like, yes. He talked about it for like 20 minutes. How yeah. he can't believe that you're single. But most of the women I know are like, Molly? You're living the fucking dream. Like you are single. You're happy. You have your own space. You don't have anyone to answer to. You kind of make your own rules and your own schedule, but you stay busy. They're like, you're living the fucking dream. And you have an emotional support network. Like I'm here for you. True life. And like most important, I would say it's like, but who I'm hearing that from is other women who wish that they had savored that. And so Mm. I'm trying to enjoy that. And so tell all those people who don't like your singleness to fuck off your living in it baby exactly yeah you know life and life does feel better when you like find a partner that you like but when you're with someone that's not great right it's awful it's horrible also like it's an interesting thing because another thing i realized in relation to this was like i think a lot of people when they're looking to date someone you know will they'll say like oh i just i'm looking for my best friend and it's like Mm. i already have a lot of really great friends i have a lot of amazing best friends I want like a partner I want a lover I want someone to go on a date with I want a boyfriend I want the I want that romantic aspect of it like I'm not really looking I have best friends to fill that void I'm not really looking for that so um it's interesting like in um in explaining that to people how they you know take that yeah and and, you know process that information that's such a language thing too because people say i'm looking for my best friend and it's like no you should be looking for someone great who will turn into your best friend right exactly every boyfriend i've ever had has become my best friend over time yes but um yeah no they were not i don't want to i don't want to date my friend 
No. Like, I want to date someone that I want to have sex with. And yeah. I don't, don't want to have sex with my friends. Yeah. And there's that. And that's what oh, makes them. Oh, man. Well, that's what makes them friends. I really do. <laughs> I think that, that a lot of people got to know that. That's what makes a friend a yeah. friend. And that's that. Yeah. Would you like to know what I learned? Yeah. Yeah. The importance of observing, like, acute changes. Hmm. Very, very, like, to notice small changes because they're important. And they're always symptomatic of a bigger thing. Like I've always been obsessed with patterns and I still am. But this year I really noticed like small little things that I took for granted or small things that I look back and I'm like, oh, that little thing like right there created a huge problem or like whatever, like me not being mindful of this or like, so anytime, like from now I've, I've just been trying to make sure that I notice when something's different and be conscious of it so that I can figure out what's wrong later. It's like a science experiment. I approach my life like science now. It's your sliding, your sliding doors moments. Like (laughs) those moments that like, you know, America's sliding doors moment. Well, we all have to, I want to know what we should do like a big contest to figure out what people think America's sliding door moment was. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always like to like play that game and yeah. I would love to know what everyone thinks. What do you think your, it is, what is your theory? America's sliding door moment? Yeah. OJ. Oh, that is interesting. Oh yeah, because it did kind of bring I in know. like. I'm the, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Like just fa- like famous people, pop culture, like this obsession. Race with relations. Tr- race relations yeah. to crime. Uh, like all of that, oh, oh, the domestic way, like, the, abuse. The, the yeah. way the news is covered, like that changed car yes. chases. I car gave chases myself chills. Yeah. Um, but Ooh. you guys write to me with your America sliding door moment. What do you think? The Civil God. War? I don't know. The civ- I mean, so uh, we're going to get a lot of shit like that. Yeah. And I want to say, duh. Um, and also true. But if within guys, our lifetime. If you guys have. Let's limit it to like within our lifetime. Right. Yeah. Like okay. someone's going to say 9-11. Yeah. Bring yeah. the party down right. with uh, the 9-11. Because now we have to take our shoes off at the airport. <laughs> but no, it sucks. I'm so done with TSA. Yeah. Like, can we be done? Yeah. Like I'm willing to go down. Like I think honestly, been studies that like they're actually not effective at what they're doing. Fuck like, no, no. I can tell you that they are not effective. I've never brought a weapon on a plane, but I can tell you, I've brought weed all over this fucking country <laughs> as well as to Paris. And I would have never brought it to Japan. I'm not like I don't have a death wish. Paul McCartney got arrested for that. Bitch, they will kill you yeah. for weed in japan they don't do they people pass out drunk on the street which i was afraid i wasn't gonna get to see before i left japan did but, you yeah my last night um i'm all <laughs> proud i'm like smiling i'm like mm-hmm, serious alcoholics <laughs> in japan um but no i got to see some people pass out on the street and i was like this is what i've heard of this is what i came for <laughs> um yeah um i'm gonna revise my uh initial like statement about biggest lessons of 2018 and i'm gonna because now i've had more time to reflect since uh just throwing the question out there and not really thinking about it uh i learned how to be more open mm-hmm. and how to have let more people into the like soft parts of my life that i would keep to myself well do we all get a second turn christina no. or- <laughs> <laughs> um and how to stay open and like doing the work to stay open with people is really hard because it's easy for me to close back up but having the reward of like staying open and it's powerful. Really, really yeah, coming from you. the perspective of like, 
you know, people would, the things that I don't share are things that people do want to know. It's not a burden. It's not, you know, and I, I, and like to take the perspective of like, well, if it was happening to them, I would want to know. Right. And so, you know, that just learning that is a lesson I have to learn over and over again. But that was one that I learned this year that was really impactful and actually just like really changed me as a person. And as your friend, it's been wonderful to see. (laughs) Thank you. Look how cute Wags is right now. He looks like a little fucking pastry. He's, he's like a little cinnamon roll. I know. He's a croissant. <laughs> Actually, he's a croissant. Well, Miles, do you want to wrap this up? No. Okay. Um, okay, you guys. That was episode 179 of Please Advice. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You have to come back. I yes. would love to. You oh, can I'm, be like Greg the Reg. Like, yes. We'll just bring you in whenever. Are you available like a lot? I'm pretty available. Are you available yeah. like a lot? I'm pretty available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'd love that. And you should come it. on a field trip with us. We oh, should yeah. do like a day trip. I would yeah. love that. I'll bring a vase. You, maybe yeah. you missed oh, honey. you missed apple picking I, well I'm, maybe we'll do some spirit something spiritual like oh, with, like a oh, like, like yeah because of your like brujex. yeah have you yeah. have you been to house of intuition here in Los of course Angeles? i have okay, yeah so i've know. gone yeah, drunk yeah. sober no I'm we drunk. did an episode I'm, no we did an episode where we, the card me and max got blackout drunk and went <laughs> to the tarot card yeah yeah and then you can hear the their their card reading it's amazing like yeah, yeah we had to record that illegally i think right i recorded that on my phone upside down yeah, maybe. <laughs> well oh yeah never mind um <laughs> i totally legally recorded that yeah um anyway you guys i will talk to you next week and wait where can people find you oh um, besides I'm, by watching your television show charmed yeah, yeah i really just do um instagram uh, i'm at beyonce's best friend so <laughs> um yeah you know no apostrophes just you know one word so. how'd you get that yeah i got it a long time ago mm-hmm. and i just uh i came up with it randomly and god was bless like, you and i can never change it now no it, it was between that and fashion roadkill i'm a big sex in the city uh, person and I and I went and both were available at the time and I went with Beyonce's best friend wow. because I felt like you know it was that was the more that, that had more legs that was my smart, friend so. Logan who guy. was staying with me has the Missouri Beyonce plate yeah. you got the I mean that's incredible to get Beyonce like no one that's, else has that that's really good not in Minnesota anyway <laughs> Um, wait, is that Missouri. where St. Louis is? St. Louis, Missouri? Yeah. Mer- Missouri, yeah, that's where it is. Anyway, you guys, oh God, this is going to really upset the Ohio people. I mean, the Midwest <laughs> is coming for my one, wig. It's just all one place to you, isn't it, Molly? Yeah, it is. It is. I don't, all people from the Midwest look the same to me. Um, all right, you guys, I'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>